months after not being able to fit into a stall um, at uh, a, ba a bathroom stall at all the embarrassing things that happened. I have a friend that broke a chair. And uh, be because of that, I actually made a call to him the other day because a man called about wanting to bring his wife who was 500 pounds. And I realized at the meeting I go to, I don't have a chair in the room that would fit her. And so I asked him, I went over there and looked at the church and I said, would a piano bench work, do you think? And he said, he thought that he would. And, and I didn't know this, but he had broken a chair at one of his first meetings and how embarrassing. And he could have been very badly hurt. I knew he had weighed a lot, I think for, for over 400 pounds. But anyway, I came here just to lose weight because <clears throat> if I just lost weight, everything would be okay because that's all I ever wanted to do, you know? Then I'd be pretty, then I'd be thin and everything would be wonderful. And here I was with a man who had been married before. I had never been married. Was divorced. He was divorced with three kids, a crazy ex-wife. She divorced him. And, um, and now I had two babies, three-year-old and a newborn, and didn't know what to do. And so I came here, and the very first night, two women um, argued over paying a quarter for me to have the dignity of choice. <laughs> it, had just, it had just come out. <clears throat> they were no longer advocating gray sheep which is a starvation diet. And um, so I, one of them bought me one and um, I started the program. And the next day I, I, took down, I took down some numbers. They told me to take down phone numbers. I, I called a girl who I liked what she said. And I called her not knowing she was pretty new and asked her to sponsor me. Um, she later told me, I really didn't even ask her that I just um, said, I told her <laughs> I was gonna be calling my food in. That's kind of how I was. Um, very demanding, but I don't, I don't think I would have said it, but I just assumed she would sponsor me, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, she didn't stay too long, but she still helped me. And um, she left after about six months, but I stayed. That was the gift. Um, and uh, she was the next door neighbor of, of Vicki, who called me to go to this first mm -hmm. meeting. Vicki didn't stay either, but I did. And, um, you know, they, they used to say, you used to hear a, hear a lot at the meetings. Um, uh, keep coming back at work. So, well, we still say that, but um, don't leave before the miracle. <clears throat> I remember seeing this pretty girl be a speaker. Her name was Sharon. And um, she was a beautiful speaker. And I never had heard her story, I guess, all the way. I'd heard her in meetings, but she, um, she was there for 12 years before she got abstinent, but she never left. I was blessed that I got abstinent right away. I lost a hundred pounds right away. I walked up and down Euclid. I had bought a house before I met my husband in Ontario near Chapey High School in a pretty neighborhood. And I had one kid on a big wheels and one on a stroller. And I walked up and down Euclid every day. And I followed this food plan I got called the sponsor every day. And I worked the steps. Um, let's say I brushed over the steps. I didn't know what working the steps really meant. I just went through them um, because... Um, you know, I'd been to Weight Watchers and, you know, I just follow, follow the plan. That's kind of what I was doing. I just wanted to lose weight because my husband had a son that was, um, I'd been married eight years now and his oldest boy from his first marriage was graduating from high school and I had to go be around the ex-wife and I just wanted to look good. <laughs> just wanted to look good. And um, so that's why I went. I stayed because I couldn't believe the way you guys talked about food. You'd laugh the whole room. I, I, I came in here when uh, Peter was here and uh, Carolyn Gotti mm -hmm. 
and a bunch of old K Rayburn, a bunch of old timers. And um, they went to that, that Friday night meeting. And um, I stayed here because you guys taught me a little bit about Sandy. It took me a long time to really, I lost all my weight in the first year. I got down 125, I was 238. And I've, I was 5'9". <clears throat> I've shrunk now, but um, that was too thin, but I didn't know it because of course, didn't I look great? And, um, but it didn't take long. A lady in the grocery store had a little stand or something back in the day. And I, I think I took a gram. Uh, oh, I know it. She asked me if I would like a taste of this. I said, oh no, I don't eat sugar. And my sponsor had been Eve pretty quickly after I joined OA. And she talked about, she always talked about the revivable ego. Oh, I don't eat. I don't eat that. I don't eat sugar. And it wasn't long after that that I ate a graham cracker, which has too much sugar in it for me. And uh, I was off and running. And um, after that first year of, of abstinence and losing it, I stayed for 15 years with gaining 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. I never got over 187 and that was pregnant with my daughter, but I, uh, I never got down to my goal weight until uh, 15 years later, but I was going up and down, up and down. I'd be absent a day, a week, a month, a year, one time, two years and one time, four years. But the gift is don't leave, mm -hmm. just stay because I don't know about you, but I've never found anything out there like this. Um, your sponsors know, my sponsors know me inside and out and they're a gift from God. They really are. I, number one, I came to rely on a power greater than myself that I call God. Um, I had been raised with religion, very much so. And um, I had gone away from it for um, 17 or 18 years. And uh, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous <clears throat> tells us to make use of what clergy, priest, minister, rabbis, whatever the faith you are has to offer. And it specifically said, of course, if you are of the religion that says you must go to confession, you will certainly want to go to the appointed authority whose, whose duty it is to receive it. So I hadn't been for 17 or 18 years. Did, was that 10 minutes? Anyway, so um, I went and I said, let's see, Father, if I have my last confession was 17, 18 years ago, I have all this stuff to read you, my 10th step, which I also gave to my sponsor. And he, I said, are you sure you have time? There's people back there in line. And uh, he said, go ahead. And uh, two weeks later, I found out he was a recovering alcoholic and he knew what I was doing. And I, and I said to him, why didn't you tell me? And he said, it would not have been a humbling experience. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, that was the start. That was my very first fourth step. Um, I still seek um, outside help. I have um, with uh, counseling of, at some times. I have with um, priests. Um, I do have my faith. This morning, um, but I am, I'm really grounded in this program. Things are, I, I know God has shown me that how much, how valuable that morning time with him is. And it's so valuable, but he's also because I'm, I, thank you. Minutes. Uh, that I can also be overly zealous about 
I'm a perfect keeping that time. You know, I got to have my prayer. Med- so I've also learned that interruptions are part of God's plan. When I had little kids, it would interrupt my meditation time, prayer time. Um, and I would read, you know, OA selections and 12 step selections and also some spiritual stuff and pray and do stuff that works for me. But it started with five minutes because Eve said, set the timer for five minutes. And she told me to be quiet and she showed me how to meditate. And back then you had the little egg timer. They didn't have the digital timer. So I had to put it in a different room. And she says, don't worry if other thoughts come in, just keep quiet, you know, trying to come back and quiet yourself. And that's how it started for me. And uh, I still don't really meditate more than five or 10. I, I meditate usually 10 minutes a morning. And I set, I still set the digital timer just very quietly. Um, and sometimes I may meditate during the day. Um, if one spot, one sponsor moved away, I had to get another one. Um, it was it was traumatic to me to get another sponsor because I loved Eve. She moved to Louisiana. I never stopped communicating with her, and she eventually moved back to California. But um, <clears throat> but um, God gave me different sponsors along the way to teach me different things. Gene O'Brien was my <clears throat> next biggest um, and probably best loving wonderful lady she had all my diseases which i later found out i also had other addictions but food was my number one um anyway i still call my sponsor um i don't write my food down anymore it isn't necessary today but i i wrote it down for 20 or 30 years i can't uh, i can't i've been here no not 30 for 20 years anyway i i came here in 1984 I think I'm here 38 years. Um, I always say the gift is I, I haven't left. So fast forward, um, in life, stuff comes up. <clears throat> and now I don't have to eat about it or do anything else destructive about it. Um, the first biggie that came up after I um, became abstinent to stay abstinent, I think, was my parents uh, having medical problems. Uh, but there were, there were many things along the way. My oldest boy, in, as he was a teenager, did drugs really bad, sold them, got in a lot of tr- <clears throat> trouble. Blessed that he's been clean and sober 20, 20 years or something and still goes to meetings because of this program. It was a gift of this program. Somebody in the program told me when I was struggling with him and I called her, she says, find a place to send him when he's ready. So I did. I looked around. And I found this place to send them, and uh, not to bore you with all the details, but it worked. It, he had a setback, but it worked, and he's been sober ever since and clean. And he has a beautiful life. And when I talk to him in Oregon, he has a beautiful family and says, "I'm living the life, Mom." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this program has brought me so much. I, I, when I came in here, I screamed and yelled and fought with my husband all the time. I wanted to be the boss. I wanted him to bow down to me. I wanted him to do what I wanted him to do when I wanted it, him to do it and how I wanted him to do it. Um, never mind, he was older than me and had made, made a pretty good life for himself before he met me, <laughs> considering his wife had divorced him. And, uh, but um, I had to come here to find out what a wonderful man he was. And I wish I could say I found it out quickly, but I didn't. Um, I still kind of knew it, but I still was so bossy and um, had to write so many tents. Um, 
uh, and, and rage, anger. Um, that's another thing. I'm jumping all over here. But when I came in, a lot of people would say they were angry. And after I did some four steps, go angry. I'm not angry. I'm raging. I was raging. Some things that happened in my childhood. And um, I had really great parents. It wasn't them, but some other things that happened. And I had some things to be angry about. But um, also I had a mother that was incapable of being a, a lovey-dovey mother. She, for some reason, was very standoffish and severe and had her own stuff. Um, she was a, a dutiful mother. And my sister, who's in this program, had a great relationship with her. But for some reason, she never got me. And um, I just wanted her to love me all my life. And I, learned, I, I forgave her for that in this program when she had Alzheimer's and didn't know I was saying I forgave her. Um, but I, I acted as if, even though I didn't feel loved, I had a father that loved me unconditionally. And I've, I've learned to be grateful in this program. Jean O'Brien gave me a tape one time on unconditional love. And uh, after listening to that tape and learning that so many people never ever had five minutes, had unconditional love, um, I was so blessed that I had had unconditional love from my father and I knew it. And um, so I've learned in this program to look at what's good. What's going on, big things in my life were, my husband died three years ago of cancer. That was, that was a biggie. Before that, I had two hip replacements. Before that, I had two TIA. In the year that I had two hip replacements, I had both two children get married I had a hip replacement in January, a child get married in April, a hip replacement in May, a child get married in July out of state. And then I had two TIAs and then I, they found a brain tumor and then an angioma at the back of my skull, inoperable and something else. And then I couldn't wait for the year 2018 and my husband got diagnosed with cancer. They said he'd lived 13, uh, three months. He lived 13 months. It was a pure spiritual gift from God and the best time of, of, of our lives mentally and, and spiritually and together, um, most meaningful. Uh, and then uh, he died in 19 and I got uh, diagnosed with uh, muscle invasive of stage two or three cancer um, this August. And I'm in, doing chemo now and it's kicking my butt. And at the end of chemo is, um, a surgery, a big surgery, and I wear a bag for the rest of my life and have to urinate out of that. But, you know, I don't have my husband, but boy, do I have a wonderful family. I have wonderful friends, wonderful children. I can't believe how blessed I am. And if I wouldn't have come to this program, I wouldn't have been able to see anything like that because I only saw what was wrong in life. And, um, oh, I see Mary Pat. And uh, so I'm very, very grateful for this program. This is cancer, this chemo is kicking my butt. I have no energy and I only finished round one. And uh, so I'll be doing a lot more Zoom meetings and I'm really grateful that, um, that you allowed me to speak today and don't leave before the miracle. Thank you.